0: Welcome to Bo Boys for Wednesday, October 14th. Fuck it, it's a raw feed. We're doing it live. I'm Clayton. I'm Pat. And Pat, there's just so much to talk about. We don't have time to dilly-dally. We don't have time to waste any time with any sort of preamble. We need to get straight into some. Yeah, we got to get to the amble. Shocking, huge
1: news. Yeah, this is this is a huge episode, Clayton it's a i mean this is a I, I can't believe all of this has happened on uh, on in one week this is a year's worth
0: of news we're about to go through and just to preface or to tease i have been vindicated and i've been vindicated time and time again with my picks for our yeah. what stays what goes what streams so yeah i'm so if happy you, it,
1: if people want a little look into the future, they should go into the past and check out a few episodes ago when we did our uh, movie draft and, and uh, picked what would stay, what would go into 2021 and what would stream. Clayton, it looks like you're going to run the table based on the uh, moves that have happened just in the last week or so. And
0: there's a specific move that you fought me on. You fought mm-hmm. me every step of the way on something I was sh- so certain of that you must feel like a fool. No, I don't feel like a fool at all. I mean, because in the end,
1: we're the same show. So if you are proven to be correct, it only reflects positively on me. That, so no, I don't feel foolish in any way. I
0: I, I I, feel glorious
1: as well about these picks.
0: Well, that's true, because I have said famously on this podcast that anything I say— is like what you saying it. So anything that I yeah. say will, will will fall on you, good or bad. Yeah. Well,
1: as long as it's as long as it reflects positive line on me. If it's if it's something negative, something that could be uh, deemed slanderous, illegal, embarrassing, then the then we are very separate people. But when you say something smart, something that uh, deserves praise, then I definitely uh, am your partner. Great. Fair weather, friends, forever. Yep. So do we want to start with, you know, we've been teasing all of these big schedule moves that you have gotten correct. Do we want to go right into that or do we want to start right into the box office? Because this week's uh, box office weekend is also huge news. This would be a whole episode in itself. This box office.
0: Well, we're a box office podcast, obviously, B.O. Boys. Mm-hmm. So I think yep. people want the top five because that might be what they're tuning in for. They want to know sure. what's at the top of the box office. So, you know, number one, the war with grandpa yes. unseats Tenet after six weeks at number one. War with Grandpa made $3.6 million in 2,250 theaters. So this is a movie that was on the shelf for a while because wasn't it owned, well, wasn't it produced by the Weinstein Company? Let's, I think you're right. Let me check. So this is, of
1: course, the Robert De Niro grandpa comedy that neither of us, we haven't seen it yet. So we can't say for sure whether this is in the grandpa universe with Robert De Niro's bad grandpa. You know, it it very well... Uh, Dirty grandpa. Dirty grandpa. Bad grandpa. Bad grandpa is is Johnny Knoxville. Yeah, that's a jackass movie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it would be amazing if all of them are on the same cinematic universe. But I I, I think Dirty Grandpa and War with Grandpa might be the same. Um, But this is a
0: kid's movie. It also stars Christopher Mm -hmm. Walken, I believe, is in this. There's... Yeah, Uma Thurman, Rob Riggle, Cheech Marin,
1: uh, Jane Seymour, Dr. Quinn herself is in this. So it's a... I mean, this is a big movie. Yeah, it was initially scheduled to be released February 2018 by the Weinstein Company's Dimension Films.
0: Okay. Oh, a
1: Dimension film. Jeez. Yeah, so this was a movie that... Was had a scheduled release date of over two and a half years ago,
0: but New Mutants. I mean, New Mutants found box office gold as a movie that was on the shelf. So this seems to be a good time to clear clear out some of that clutter.
1: Yeah, it is true. It's like put out the Jerry Lewis, you know, Holocaust Clown movie. Like this is the this is the time to just yeah clear off the shelf, clear off all of the. The old unreleasable movies, like you know, the day the clown cried, like the war
0: with Grandpa, Roger Avery's Glamorama. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, just just put them out. So I, uh, well, so here. I mean, first off, big big win for Robert De Niro, right? Could we could we say that Robert De Niro
0: is at the top of the box office? This is a big deal for him. The, it, it's you. It's great to see uh, him back on top. You definitely can call it a win, but I would say it's a conservative win because this movie made about, what, as much as Unhinged made in its first week end before most theaters were open. and Yeah, but also – a lot of theaters
1: have been closing since then. Like this is not the But there's
0: way more open than weekend. There's but there's way more open than w- were when Unhinged first came out. Cuz remember, Unhinged was the canary in the coal mine. It's mm-hmm. it's interesting to me that this film did not do better because it's a kids film when there really aren't any kids films out other than catalog titles. Mm-hmm. And it's there's more theaters open than were before, and we're deeper into this kind of new normal, which I know it's not pandemic over, but people are going out and doing more things than they were when Unhinged first came out. Now, I know there's been spikes, places, and things like that, but I still think this film could have done better. I feel like this is still a sign that theaters are suffering and people are less likely to go see a movie in the theaters. Even more, even less people than would have gone to see Unhinged, New Mutants, or even Tenet.
1: But this movie did, it exceeded your expectations from just a week ago. Because we did an over-under of 3 million last week, and I went over, you went under, and. I was right. But this barely went over 3 mil. It 3.6 million. It's over. That's solidly over 3 million.
0: I still think it's a disappointment and I still think it's a harbinger of bad things.
1: Well, I mean, I think this is a movie that it doesn't have a big studio backing. You know, it's 101 Studios. It's not Warner Brothers, not Universal. So the advertising for this movie was pretty minimal. I mean, have you been seeing a lot of War with Grandpa uh, commercials, billboards, pop-up ads? I mean, I feel like pop-up ads would be the thing we would see most of. And I know I haven't seen any War with Grandpa pop-up ads.
0: No, I I, I haven't seen this, uh, but I don't think it's aimed at us.
1: Yeah, but, I mean, the pop-up ads, I don't think, are that smart. Like, I think if they had put money into a proper War with Grandpa marketing campaign, we we would have seen some pop-up ads. It would have gotten to us.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's true. If it was tenant-sized, then we would have known about it. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think War with Grandpa— is a movie that to the extent it succeeded this weekend, it succeeded on just the Robert De Niro star power that there were people who just, Oh my God, there's a new Robert De Niro movie in the theater. I got to go see that. And it hopefully will have good word of mouth, you know, unlike tenant, which I don't think ended up having the word of mouth that it needed. Hopefully the war with grandpa gets some buzz get some good notices, get some uh, good audience scores, and maybe build an audience over the next month.
0: Well, so it's in 2,250 theaters. That number is bound to drop with the Regal closings. Right. It's got to, which they were supposed to close last Thursday. What I don't know if they officially did or not, but I'm assuming that they did.
1: I mean, maybe—I mean, it would have been smart of Regal to just stay open the one more weekend because they actually had new product in for the first time in over a month, you know? So you don't want to close up right before
0: all the War with Grandpa customers are lining up outside. Because I can't imagine this movie being able to reach that many theaters if there was a ton of theater closings. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, it doesn't look like that happened because I'm looking at the theater changes for all the movies in the top 10 and like Tenant lost 507 theaters. So that to me seems about right for just the amount of theaters it would have shed because War with Grandpa opened. Yeah. So it doesn't look like the regal closings were a big factor this past weekend. But I guess
0: you're right, this coming weekend, it might be a big problem. I mean, and you'll see it throughout the whole top ten. So it's not just going to be War with Grandpa. I would assume that it could keep its number one perch, unless we'll have to check and see if something something is coming out that would unseat it. Mm -hmm. It would be nice to have something that, a little bit of combat at the top, because we have seen a lot, a lot of tenant up there, and it's good to see it unseated.
1: Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think war with grandpa is firmly gonna stay ahead of Tenet. I am not predicting at this point Tenant to flip flop and get that spot. I mean, I think I think Grandpa is a million and a half ahead this weekend. Tenant is such old news, Grandpa is something new, something fun. I think this is gonna be your big box office behemoth.
0: Well going forward. Do, let's not I mean we're gonna tease this because we got to finish the top five but there's a very big movie coming out next weekend. This coming weekend This coming weekend 1016 there is a movie with a legacy action star.
1: Oh, interesting. All right. Well, I don't know what that is, so you'll tell me that after we do the top five. So let's rip through uh, the rest
0: of this. Tenant, okay. number two, $2.1 million, down 22.2%. Like you said, it lost 507 theaters, so it's now in a little over 2,000 theaters. For a of 48, it is probably going to go 50, but not much higher yeah. as a Cume. So I think you picked 50. I said under. Just to make it fun, right? But f- I mean, it, it, even with you winning, it's it's not uh, good for Tenant because it it's probably going to cap out at fifty two, fifty three at the max. Yeah, that's it. I mean, listen, we've said it
1: before. I think to stay on record, I'll just say it again. Tenant is such a failure; it's maybe taking down the theatrical business
0: altogether with it. Tenant is a historical flop of a movie. It it, it it it's funny because there's some movies that did so poorly that they took a studio down mm-hmm. with them, mm-hmm. and then there's Tenet, which could have could take a whole industry down. Yeah, yeah. I don't like
1: when people say something on steroids. You know that phrase. This is such and such on steroids, but I'll say it here: Tenant is Heaven's Gate on steroids. Wow! And the 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 box office, you know, the wannabe old boys, wannabe old girls, who they know their box office. They know what Heaven's Gate is. They know what Heaven's Gate did. Took down a studio. Tenant
0: is Heaven's Gate on steroids. So there's your there's your headline. So number three: Hocus Pocus. Made $1.1 million, down only 39.7%. It's playing in 2,113 theaters. So this has made $3 million in its re-release. This is a smart move. This is the kind of stuff that should be Mm -hmm. in the theater right now. Catalog films that are seasonal specific. I mean, you've got October with, with Halloween then you're going to have November with Thanksgiving, and then you're going to have December with Christmas. We should be looking at catalog titles that line up with those holidays to try and keep the lights on in these theaters. Yep. And then the occasional movie that has been sitting on the shelf or something that is a horror movie, an action movie, an exploitation-type film that people will go out to see, to experience in a group. Those are the kind of movies that should be out. The fact that yeah. Wonder Woman 1984 is still on the schedule is Come ludicrous. On. You are kidding yourself, Warner Brothers, enough. This is the no. cut the In shit less- moment. Warner Brothers, cut the shit. Move your big blockbusters, which you did with Dune, but move Wonder Woman. It's ridiculous that it's still on the schedule. Who are you fooling? No. You're fooling no one. Yeah,
1: is is this, what is even the reason at this point to keep it there? We all know what's going to happen. It's moving to next June. I mean, that is what's happening. Wonder Woman 1984 is going to move to next summer. So what is the point of teasing us, trying to trick us, um, getting people's hopes up, getting theater's hopes up? Just Just move it. Just move it.
0: But I feel like there is some arguments going on within Warner Brothers mm-hmm. as to what to do with it. Because you think it's ridiculous that it would ever go on a streamer.
1: But, it's not going on But a
0: HBO Max movie. is lagging beh- behind. It's yep. lagging behind subscribers. What a way to inject – just talk about on steroids – Inject HBO Max that's an with a little bit of steroids. Of, what's
1: up? That's an over. That's when you OD on steroids. That's when you find a bodybuilder in a in a
0: in his hotel room. There's a movie that that has it's too much steroids. There's a movie that's gone to streaming that I picked that you were fighting against over and over again, and said it wouldn't happen. You eventually came around. I don't understand why you won't come around to the f- the f- the fact that Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four could possibly Go to HBO Max to try to shore up streaming. Zero chance that, zero. That's ridiculous zero, that you're saying zero chance. Zero, what makes you say zero, zero chance. chance? What makes you say zero chance? How are because you so Wonder sure? Wonder
1: Woman because they need movies for next summer. Wonder Woman in when it gets back to regular times is a guaranteed four hundred million dollar domestic, three hundred million dollar domestic, eight hundred million worldwide. And also, Warner Brothers, they already made their sacrifice to the theater gods. They put Tenet up there. Tenet got eaten alive. They watched that. And that's all Warner Brothers has to give. They're not given another movie three months later. Well, Pat, we'll, we'll talk about this a little bit later because I feel like... They're not giving up that revenue. There's no way. There is no way. Wonder Woman is opening in theaters next
0: summer. There's no way it's going direct to HBO Max. The world is changing, and we'll get to that. Let's get through this This top, top five. Number four, New Mutants, $705,000, down 32.3%. It's in 1,663 theaters, lost about 491 theaters. It's at 22 mil.
1: Wow. This is a great run. New Mutants feels like a legitimate hit movie. This was a success for what this movie could have been.
0: Yeah, it's I, I we've said it a million times. If if you if you listen to this podcast, you know our thoughts on this movie. This was the perfect time for it to come out and it has exceeded expectations. Yeah. Yeah. Number 5 Unhinged made 682 thousand dollars down only 19.4 percent it's in 1600 theaters down 415 theaters it's at 19.3 mil this could be a 20 yeah this could get there yeah this could get a
1: clap on the bo boys you know we clapped for new mutants when it hit 20 million so we got. I feel like we got to do the same for Russell Crowe and Unhinged.
0: If it hits twenty million, we're clapping on air. It's in its ninth week. Mm-hmm. Can you believe it's been nine weeks since we saw this movie? God,
1: what a time that was! I I can't believe I'm wistful for nine weeks ago. Yeah, but it was a good time. Unhinged, seeing that in a drive-in, we saw it in a drive-in. We didn't see it in a hardtop. It uh that was a great experience. This this is this is one of the movies that when you think of the pandemic someday, you'll remember unhinged.
0: Oh, yeah. So that's your top five. Now, Pat, let's get to these moves. OK, well, do
1: we want to do you want to while we're still on box office, do you want to mention the movie that is opening next weekend. No, because I think what, what want we
0: want to do at the end is make our predictions. Okay, great. Alright, so go to the moves. What I was teasing, big stream move, Soul is going to Disney Plus Christmas Day not as a premium uh, not as a premium PVOD but it is in your subscription you're going to get it without paying an extra dime other than your subscription fee mhm this is what i said now now what i called was that it it might be a, a pvod from disney the same way they did mulan and that it might drop thanksgiving i was wrong it's christmas mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. listen we're now we're you know we're just we're just what is that? Uh, split splitting hairs. hairs. Split hairs. Wait, let's not split yeah. hairs. I was right. Yeah. And this is a move made by Disney that's very calculated because they are pivoting.
1: Well, do we want to talk about the pivot or do you want to mention the other streaming move that happened?
0: I think we need to talk about the pivot because the okay. other move is not as big, although I did okay. call it.
1: All right, so let's let's stay on Disney then because there, there's a lot here. So they move Seoul straight to Disney Plus, um, not as a PVOD like you said. It's just going to be on the service. One thing I think this does really tip the hand of is that Mulan did not do Baffa Bobo on PVOD for Disney Plus. I think if Mulan had made huge money – then soul may have been released in the same way. Yeah. So I think this clearly
0: shows you Milan probably did not light up the the numbers on PVOD. I feel like it didn't make enough to make up for the grousing that people did for having to mm-hmm. pay extra, which I agree with. I agree that yeah. that was a little bit ridiculous to to make your subscribers pay that much more. Especially when you're trying to shore up your streaming numbers, your streaming subscribers. Although Disney has already hit its target that it was aiming for in 2025. Wow. Cuz they were they wanted between 60 and 85 million, I believe, subscribers by 2025 and they already have 60 some. Jeez.
1: So the Disney Disney Plus is the aside from Netflix is the biggest streamer
0: oh so I'm sorry it was 2024 they wanted to so it's already reached 60.5 and they wanted to go between 60 and 90 90 million subscribers by 2024 so they have hit that it's third behind Amazon and Netflix Jeez.
1: but you got- I mean and with Amazon you're it's not just the streamer I mean I would bet 80% of the people who are subscribed to Prime, they do it just for the two-day delivery. It's not because they're watching Fleabag. Yeah,
0: Amazon is an unfair uh, unfair kind of – it's not a one-for-one because one, you're getting so much yeah. more from it. And that might lead to Disney adding a little extra perks to these this Disney Plus subscription like, I don't know, passes to their parks when they reopen. Who knows what this is mm-hmm. going to become with them to mm-hmm. try and mm-hmm. – not topple Amazon that would be very difficult but at least get up there
1: right well so then here's here's the big news so you know it's clear disney is um focusing on disney plus and that was made very clear by disney this past week sending out a letter sending out a press release in which they announced a reorganization of of uh their company and specifically what their main initiatives are going to be and the big takeaway is they said it outright they are focusing on streaming streaming content streaming platforms that is the main business model for their movies for their television for their sports like they are a streaming company now and uh here's the key sentence Clayton, mean you were talking about this before. Uh, let's see. The new media entertainment distribution group will be responsible for all monetization of content, both distribution and ad sales, and will oversee operation of the company's streaming service. I'm looking for where they call it legacy. Yep. Oh, here we go. Sorry. Here, here's, here's the key sentence. Under the new structure, Disney's world-class creative engines will focus on developing and producing original content for the company's streaming services, as well as for legacy platforms. So So, here's
0: why this is a big punch in the dick. Yeah. They don't even say – they don't even call theaters out as a separate entity. Nope. They throw it in with legacy platforms. Yeah. So are we talking VHSs, DVDs, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 8-tracks, Betamaxes – A legacy platform. You're calling theater, the theater chains, theatrical viewing of films as a legacy platform. That is the – that's the kiss of death. Yeah. Yeah. It's the – the theaters are now in Edsel. Yeah. And the thing with that is that Disney stock rose after this came out. The market Mm – is saying that is what you should do. People are Mm -hmm. not worried about this. They're excited by this. Theater owners are flipping the fuck out right now. Yep.
1: Because Wall Street is basically by the Disney stock price going up after they shit all over theaters. That's basically a sign to all these other uh, entertainment corporations you better start shitting on theaters too, because that's what we're here for. Wall Street wants theaters to get shit on, so it's good. Almost going to be a contest now. It's like Disney called them legacy platforms. Universal, if they wants their stock to rise, they have to send out a press release saying uh, theaters are assholes, you know, asshole factories, and that's what their press release says. Yeah,
0: it's going to be- their become stock it's going to become a burn book. Yep. Yep.
1: How do you best insult the movie theater business in your press release to get your stock price up?
0: Yeah, it's – man, I feel like Disney was always moving this way. I just – with all of their moves at the beginning of this pandemic, they were so willing – next to Universal, they were the most willing to take their product and move it to a streaming platform. Mm-hmm. they – and I've said this. They want to be the exclusive cheese maker for the rats. They want mm-hmm. all of the rats, when they think of films, when they think of streaming, they want it to be Disney+. They want Disney to be the name that kids call streaming. Mm-hmm. So instead of saying, can we watch it on Amazon? Oh, can we watch it on Disney+. Plus? Can we watch it on Disney? Not even Disney Plus. Can we watch it on Disney? Let's watch it on Disney, which is going to mean Netflix, Hulu, HBO Max. It's going to become the Kleenex. That's what they want.
1: Oh, so you think that they're going to trick kids into thinking
0: Netflix is also Disney. I think kids will not know the difference because they'll watch so much content on Disney that it will become... Just like I said, Kleenex. Kleenex is right, right. not all tissue is Kleenex, but what do you, when you ask for a, a you ask, if you ask for a tissue, it's like what? Oh, can I have a Kleenex? Yes. Yeah, I asked for a tissue. But you're old school. Yeah, um, I maybe.
1: I mean, I definitely think they're looking to, of course, make Disney Plus be in the same ballpark of Netflix as. You know, it has a couple of hundred million subscribers and then people never even consider canceling it because it's just such a part of their lives. I mean, the big story for us here is Disney seems to be in some ways throwing theaters under the bus, though. I am going to push back on this because I do not think I think what we're going to see is a big change in what movie theaters are maybe who they're owned by i mean we've talked about this before but i think a change that you might see in the next few years are these big content companies are going to also own movie theaters Mm -hmm. you know i think because we've talked about it but i think the model is clearly going to be what universal has set up with amc now which is movies come out in movie theaters it's a short window Maybe they're in the theater like a week or two, and then they go right on to either PVOD or if the company has a giant streaming service. And I do think that's going to be the model. And I, what I could see is at some point in the next few years, especially with all these uh, movie theater companies going belly up, is Disney's going to own a bunch of movie theaters. They put their big Marvel movie out in the Disney movie theaters. And then a week later, it's on Disney+. Plus. Like, I, that's my prediction. I don't think theatrical is going to be going away because you look at Disney, they still make a shitload of money off of big, big movies in the theater. Like, they don't want to give that up.
0: Yeah, I think right now they're they're trying to solidify their streaming base because it's really all they can do. They're, right, they're being proactive right. They're They, I think, are willing to sacrifice some product in the short term to get subscribers in the long run. Right. Which, you know, when you're Disney, you've had so many years where you're, you've been living fat off the land. They're going to take some losses, and I think that's okay because Disney's never going to go away, especially with all of their – all of the IPs that they have. Uh, they they' they're, they could live fat off those for a very long time now again, like I've said, I think the MCU is faltering. I think this big break is not helping it and I think they might be a little bit in trouble on that end but they always find something to pivot to and use that they will be able to make you know a lot of money they might be able to rebound with Star Wars So I, you know they're not hurting for 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 things to 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 work with right you know but i well well
1: i i'd like to use that to jump into a little uh exchange i had on social media this week with you know someone that if you're a listener of the show we've mentioned him before he is you know he's here's what i'll say scott mendelson box office writer for forbes He's a legacy box office reporter. He's someone who's been around for a long time. I would say he's definitely a a a, uh, a a legacy expert on box office. And we had an exchange on Twitter because he put out after the Disney announcement. This is this is what Scott Mendelson of Forbes. This was his take, is he said. Disney is officially centering itself around Disney plus because among other reasons, they don't have much in the way of theater worthy by modern box office standards, franchises. They've got Marvel avatar, Pixar, uh, maybe star Wars. What's WDA? Oh, Walt Disney animation, maybe star Wars. And that's about it. So that's what Scott Mendelson had to say on Twitter. And I just replied that I think, You know, that's a very—it's a weird take because he basically just hand-waved a list of the biggest franchise IP that any
0: company owns. Yeah, who else has anything close to that amount?
1: Yeah, and it's such a weird take. And then he replied back with, uh, Marvel and the Toons will keep them theatrically big for a while, but their inability to make new in-house franchises is not a new issue. So what I would say there is he just— changed the discussion which is he started by saying they don't have franchises and then he changed the argument to oh well they didn't make new ones
0: yeah well that was Iger's big thing is let's buy everything and we know famously he was not able to buy Sonic and that has Mm -hmm. haunted him forever so but that but that was his mo and I so I agree with Mendelssohn in that sense, that their their ability to create in house product that people want has waned because you can see the Pixar movies are at their lowest ebb, I think, that they've ever been.
1: Yeah. I mean, what is the last big Pixar like giant breakout that wasn't a sequel? I mean, I guess in, inside out, I mean, I think what Pixar that's re- so of long ago made them. Five years ago? Yeah. I mean, they've done a lot of big sequels. I know you're low on Toy Story 4. But the thing about Scott Mendelssohn, you know, legacy box office writer, uh, a big hero of ours, the thing that he says here is he, he pretends as if Disney doesn't have IP and they still have the biggest collection of IP there is. Like, they're going to be making giant theater movies for the next 10 to 20 years just with that stuff.
0: He mentions Avatar, which was, for a very, very long time, the number one film ever Mm -hmm. that was unseated by another Marvel IP, Avengers.
1: Right, right. So after unseating, like, the Star Wars movies, which they also own.
0: Well, it's... Oh, well, well wasn't uh, Titanic was there, right? Or would... Oh, yeah, Titanic was there, yeah. yeah.
1: Um, I mean, it's just a, you know, we're, we're both fans of Scott Mendelssohn. We've been reading him forever. He's definitely got a weird, uh, uh, you know, uh, something stuck in his craw when it comes to Disney not creating new franchises, which sure, ideally, you always want to be making something new, but. You could be spinning off these Marvel movies and Avatar movies and Star Wars movies, even though, listen, we all agree the uh, last Star Wars movie was a disaster. It bombed. But they're going to be making new Star Wars movies, huh? They're going to be making Star Wars sequels. It's going to happen. So I, I don't buy this that Disney is getting out of the movie
0: theater business. They're not going to entirely get out of the, the theater business, but I think they definitely are saying to everybody, hey, it's not business as usual. We're going to probably do what Universal is doing, which is theater will be just one thing. It mm-hmm. won't be the thing. Which I think is smart because we've said this and we love theater. We love theaters. We love the theater going experience. We, we want to be back in theaters as soon as possible, nothing would make us happier. But the industry has not done enough during this crisis to pivot and, and, and just create some sort of sense of safety, create some sense of this is an event a happening. And they are not, they haven't done anything new in the past few years to really engage people other than nice receipts, the whole food thing, but you need to really shake it up. We've given, if you go back and listen to our episodes, we've given the theaters plenty of ideas to try to shake mm-hmm. things up more than enough to save them, but they just won't do it. And that is gonna be their downfall. They need, like we've said before, you need somebody in the in, in, in one of these theater companies to be the Billy Bean. To really shake up the way they f- they put out their films, they block their films out, the way theater going is needs to change. And it's just not happening. And that's why they're struggling so much. Yeah. I mean, do we want to
1: talk about the AMC news? I think ties into this. AMC, it looks like they're going to be filing for bankruptcy. Possibly at the end of this year, they're basically out of cash. Well, you know, all the reports are that AMC is going to fully run out of cash by January, and as we could tell, there's, you know, they're not going to be getting giant product that'll be saving them probably until next spring or summer.
0: Yeah, and they've and they had been bailed out before, not bailed out, but they had investors who reinvested to keep them afloat. That was months ago when the assumption was, you know, we would be back in full swing around this time or at least in a different position than we are right now. Yeah.
1: I mean, you know, to tie it back to Disney again, I really my big prediction is, you know, could be as early as next summer. But I think definitely in the next couple of years, we're going to be going to see the big Marvel movie, the big Pixar movie in a Disney movie theater it's debt you know i don't know if there's still laws against that i know the reason that that hasn't been the case is that it's been against the law to own a theater and be the distributor no they and lifted that i think that. that's changed
0: i think it recently got lifted yeah
1: cuz netflix owns a couple of movie theaters
0: yeah they own one or two in New they own one in new york definitely yeah so i i mean i think that's how this is going to shake out
1: is AMC, maybe Regal, they're going to go under or need to sell. And I think you're going to start to see the the movie producer, you know, the corporations just outright buy them and just put their own movies in their own theaters.
0: Yeah, it's definitely, it's, God, it's going to be so interesting to see what the future is going to be because the theater, the theater owners and, and just theaters in general, they're on such shaky ground and... Things are so volatile. It's going to be very... I mean, I can't make a call. I don't know what this winter is going to be like. I don't know what it's going to be like in the spring, even. Where we're going to be as a as a country, as a society, to say, yeah, theaters just need to hold on. I mean, what could? Yeah. what are they holding on for? Because it could be another year before anybody can walk around. It could be more than... It could be a year and a half to two years we're still wearing masks right i
1: mean that's why again i think that you know disney in this press release they're kicking a little dirt on movie theaters i think we're gonna see inevitably warner brothers universal they're all gonna put out their press releases taking turns kicking dirt on movie theaters trying to get the stock prices up but they need to figure out how to keep movie theaters from just turning into banks in the next six months. You know, because if these movie theaters fully close and they just become non-existent, that's a big problem for these studios. So either they got to prop them up or they got to buy them.
0: Yeah, you can't have them all turn into weed dispensaries.
1: Right, right. You could definitely have, some of them turn into weed dispensaries, and I think a lot of movie execs would be okay with that. But you can't have them all turn into weed dispensaries.
0: I mean, why not? Why not just have them be weed dispensaries that show movies? Right. You get to hang, but then you got to hang out with your dealer and watch a movie.
1: And I, I feel like that's both the worst way to buy weed
0: and to watch a movie. I don't know. I mean, listen. This—that's the thing. We're just coming up with ideas. Yeah, hang out with your dealer and watch Dune.
1: I, I guess that—that that, it depends on the movie. Like, that's not the worst
0: experience. And they're professional I think- dealers. I mean, these aren't guys that won't leave. They're—you they, they, know—they're paid to. I don't know if they're allowed to get high on their own supply. If you're—if you're buying, if you're buying weed at a movie theater slash dispensary. It's just like right. the guys giving you popcorn. They're not gonna be shoving popcorn in their face. Right.
1: Okay, so then that I mean, that could be a play. I don't know if Disney could get involved in greasing those wheels, but having a bunch of these AMCs and regals turn into weed dispensaries in the next six months and then be allowed to show movies come April and May, it would it would bridge the gap.
0: Yeah. And that's all that uh,
1: gets us through the
0: winter. We need to get we need to get through the winter. They just need to be able to keep the lights on. Oh god, and that's what I'm saying is like who knows how long.
1: Yeah, I mean it, it is interesting to see very different tactics by these studios when it comes to movie theaters. Cuz like Warner Brothers seems to be the one that's like trying the hardest to to help their little buddies at AMC and Regal. You know, they sacrifice tenant. Like we said, they still haven't moved Wonder Woman. They're still considering, you know, keeping that in December, which is not going to happen. But, like, they obviously want to get business to the theaters. You have Universal, which is still opening movies, like The Croods, like Freaky, in theaters. They get the short window, and they put it on PVOD two weeks later. So, like, Universal is trying to help the theaters. And then you have Disney Plus putting out press releases where they basically say movie theaters are, you know, uh, like those old Nickelodeon machines at the top of a, a, a
0: you know, a building. Yeah. D- Disney, though, I mean, sorry, Universal started this with their shortened window. They, they really started the whole thing where taking advantage of a situation like the pandemic to shorten windows and force that on theaters. And they were probably planning to do that. You know, they, they, they tried doing it in the way past. Like, we, we mentioned this way back when Tower Heist came out in, like, what, 2011? And they wanted—they mm-hmm. experimented with a shortened window. Universal has always had this in their back pocket. They just used crazy circumstances to push an agenda that they wanted to have happen, which I think is fair. Uh, we're all about shortened windows. We're all about yeah. more product faster, get it to my home faster. That's what we want. We know that that that's the cycle of things. It moves that fast. So, Universal though, I do think opened the floodgates to this.
1: Yeah, but I think Universal was trying to be helpful, and they were, and the movie theaters were not listening to good advice at the time. And Universal had to, you know, they had to slap him around a little bit, slap around their little brother, you know, be like, basically like you slap your brother around to say, don't do drugs. And the kid might want to do drugs. He doesn't want his older brother slapping around, but the older brother slapping around may have saved his life. And I think that's what happened with Universal in the short window. You know, Regal, AMC, they're basically, they were doing drugs when they thought that they could have a movie exclusively for three months. That that was going to kill them. So do you... Th- so I think they needed to get slapped
0: around by their older brother. And now they're, you know, hopefully this will save their life. So do you think, gen- like... Because AMC was saying that they weren't going to show Universal films. That was the big thing. They were saying, we ain't going to show your movies if you shorten this window. And then that was, a, 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 that was just a, a, a huge boner because... When you look at Universal now, they're one of the only people, one of the only companies that are putting out anything in the theater other than Warner Brothers and IFC and Solstice Studios and 101 Studios, all these small studios, of course. Right. Because this is is the feeding frenzy for them. This is best case scenario for any of them. They're getting screens that they would never get in a normal Mm -hmm. time.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that Listen, the the short window is just going to have to be what it, it it has to happen. And I think it was good that Universal just, you know, slapped around the movie theaters and said, listen, get off drugs. Short window is going to be what saved your life. I don't want to I don't want to see you die. That's what Universal is saying. Yeah. And Disney right now, they're acting like they don't give a fuck. But I think I think with Disney, I kind of think it's it's just. They might be looking to pick the bones. I think Disney, you know, they're a company that they love buying up IP, getting bigger, eating, 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 eating. They should have ate Sonic, should have bought those rights. They screwed up. But I think they might be just looking for an AMC or Regal to go under, and they
0: just scoop it up. Oh, that's that's such a good take because they might be yeah they might be trying to tank the theater so that they can buy low
1: yeah they might be looking to short the stock with that press release
0: wow that
1: whole call in these theaters legacy that could be them trying to get that stock price super low and they could just buy amc for christmas and then they swoop in and act like they're saviors yep Yeah. So, I mean, that's again, you know, I feel like, you know, Scott Mendelson, he's historically been someone we've looked up to when it comes to box office writing. But to me, that's a small view to look at what Disney said and, and think that they are looking to pivot away from theatrical, that they somehow think they don't have movies to put in the movie theaters anymore I think they're looking to own movie theaters, and they're looking to own them and buy them cheap.
0: Yeah, Mendelssohn's acting like this is a retreat, but this is an attack. Yes, yes, yes. I don't think Disney
1: ever does anything on their heels. They're always perched, claws out, looking to move forward, looking to eat. And I think that press release is looking – they want to get the
0: price of their food down
1: a little bit before they eat it.
0: Wow. While we'll continue to watch this, this is gonna have reverberations throughout all of all of the theatrical business and the streaming business. This is this was just a huge a huge bombshell. Yeah. So let's talk real fast then about the other movie that moved to streaming that I called. The sequel to coming to America mm-hmm. is coming to Amazon and it was yeah. purchased from Paramount for $125 million. It's going to, it's going to stream on Amazon December 18th. This is a very, very big get for Amazon. This is big for Eddie. This movie going to be seen by a lot of people. And I also called this. Now I thought this was going to be a CBS all access because of yes. Paramount, which soon it's gonna be called Paramount Plus. And I was wrong about that, but again, yeah I was right about it streaming, which is all we really needed to be right about was whether it was gonna yeah. stay, move, or stream.
1: Yeah, I mean you're you're straight up running the table right now with your picks. I mean you have you nailed so far you've nailed what? Bond moving to twenty
0: twenty one. Dune moving
1: to twenty twenty one. Uh, soul going a stream, and uh, now coming to America to go in a stream. I mean, this is, this, you know, you ain't legacy, my friend. You're the future of box office, uh, uh, you know, analysis.
0: That's why I'm saying, listen to me about w- w- Wonder Woman 1984. I know you're so adverse to this. That ain't happening. All right, well, that ain't happening. Listen, you didn't think Soul was gonna happen.
1: No, I, I, I was not. Uh, ever uh, uh, very strong against Soul going to Disney. I always thought that made sense, going to Disney+. Plus. Yeah, well— I was never a big Soul's got to go to theatrical. I, I, When you mentioned that, I was like, yeah, that makes sense. But
0: I had mentioned it a while ago, and you thought that was you crazy. You did. Uh, not crazy. The Wonder Woman thing, I, I think, is crazy.
1: I don't know. HBO, um,
0: HBO Max has to make a splash, and how else yeah, to make a splash? It's—
1: the Snyder Cut. They got that Snyder Cut in in the winter.
0: That'll be enough. I don't know, man. I don't know. I think that's a big... But, I think that would be a huge boon for them. So Coming to America
1: 2, December 18th on Amazon. I mean, I think this is really set up well to be a big Christmas vacation movie. Because, I mean, you when you think of box office, that period... From like, you know, Christmas Day through, you know, New Year's, there's like that two week period where it's basically like a Saturday every day. And, you know, you get huge box office numbers. And I think this year you're just going to see giant streaming numbers for coming to America and for Seoul. Like they're going to own those two weeks.
0: Yeah. And the interesting thing is that that is, uh, Christmas day is when Wonder Woman 1984 is supposed to come out yeah I mean we know it ain't yeah I mean that's uh, that's not yeah that's and, it's it's either going like you said moving or like I said streaming to try yeah. to compete with Amazon and Disney plus it ain't happening all right ain't happening all right All right. They'll do –
1: they'll put the director's, you know, the audio commentaries for The Sopranos on HBO Max. They'll drop that Christmas Day, all the DVD commentaries.
0: So that was big. I got that right. Mm Mm-hmm. Do we – And good for Eddie Murphy that they – he was able – you know, the the
1: movie was wanted enough because all the articles say there was a bidding war. Netflix wanted it. Uh, they did consider, uh, you know, putting it on CBS All Access, but Amazon paid $125 million for it. So, you know, this is already a successful movie for Eddie
0: Murphy. Yeah, I mean, this is similar to when Greyhound was purchased by Apple+. Mm-hmm. Plus. It's It's disappointing for an old school guy like Tom Hanks for a movie to go straight to streaming and he doesn't get that box office glory, but think of the long run he realized this is the future and you know if my movie is paid for I get to make more movies. Yep. I may yeah, might something. be able to make Greyhound 2. Yep. So let's look to next weekend. Okay. There's a few movies coming out but one has a chance to hit number 1. And it is Honest Thief, starring Liam Neeson.
1: Oh, that's right. And that's right. That comes out this Friday?
0: Yes, 10, 16. And from what I've been reading about this movie, they are going to try to blast this onto as many screens as they possibly can. This is an open road film. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's distributed by Open Road. And it's going to open at, right now, estimated locations are 1,900, so 1,900. I think this is taking into account some of the closures.
1: Right, because otherwise it would have been on more screens because, I mean, War with Grandpa got 2,200 screens. So Yeah, this
0: would be at 2,225, you know, uh, so... This looks like, according to Box Office Pro, it'll open anywhere from 2 million to 7 million. They're forecasting 3 million.
1: Oh, man. I mean, maybe I'm just always in a good, good, hopeful mood with these new movies, but I'll go on the high end. Maybe
0: this opens at like
1: 6 million.
0: Well, I'm definitely going over 3. Mm -hmm. I, I'm going over three. There's no way it's Liam Neeson. He's doing his action thing. And in this type of marketplace, this is the perfect kind of film for people that are going to see movies. Mm -hmm. This is the unhinged crowd. Yep. And even more so because I think Liam Neeson still has, still is more of a name brand at this point than Russell Crowe.
1: Oh yeah, I mean, Liam Neeson is still a current movie star. You know, Liam Neeson; those action movies he puts out are still medium-sized hits every year. Oh yeah, and like he—he's not a—he's not a B-movie grindhouse actor
0: at this point. He's a legitimate still action movie star. And I think you know what you're going to get with these films. They might vary in quality, but there's going Mm -hmm. to be those certain things that only Liam Neeson can bring to an action film. Mm -hmm. So we're both saying over three mil. Yeah, I mean, let's make our over
1: under five mil. Do you think over or under 5 million?
0: Well, if we're saying over 5, I I feel like it I feel like it has a chance to go over 5, but you think it's going to go around 6.
1: I'll go 6. I'll predict that this opens at 6 million.
0: Well, I'm I'm going to say under 6 then.
1: Okay. Um I mean, I feel like with this movie, it really just ends up depending on how many screens end up being available. Yeah, cuz we And I think the interesting thing to look at with this movie is, you know, you go back a month ago, Tenant Put out their fake opening weekend numbers, we figured out what the real opening weekend numbers were. And Tenants just, you know, Friday through Sunday North American opening ended up only being what around 11 million, 10 million, it was it was right around It was
0: there. 9, dude. It was 9. So Like 9.4.
1: Honest Thief is not going to be opening up, I think, in as good of a climate as Tenet did, because you're going to have all these regal closings. But it'll be interesting to see if Honest Thief sniffs within a million or two of what Tenant opened at. I think it once again will show what a bomb Tenant was, because Honest Thief is not getting the um, very visible marketing push that Tenet got.
0: Yeah, I feel like now that we're talking, I feel like I'm going to go with it makes 4.5. Okay. Opens to number one, beats the war with Grandpa, and it's the new number one film, but I don't think it can get close. I mean, it's not going to get close to 10 at opening weekend, and I just, five... Six just seems so like so much at this point, especially with the way yeah. things are going. Also, people are very focused on the election right now.
1: Right. But I feel like the unhinged crowd, which is gonna become the honest thief crowd this weekend, I think they got some room in their in their brains for something other than the election.
0: That's true. That's true. That's not going to keep them from from, from going out. Yeah, the unhinged, uh, honest thief crowd, they're not, you know,
1: uh, uh, listening to the 538 podcast and checking the polls every five minutes. I think they're, they're down to go sit in a movie theater this weekend.
0: Now, there's another film that's coming out that is called Love and Monsters. Directed by. I've seen
1: the ads for that a lot, actually.
0: That's a Paramount movie, and that's coming out yeah. too. Sean Levy is the is a producer, and it's Dylan O'Brien who was the star of those. What are those movies? Uh, Maze Runner movies. Maze right? Runner, yeah. Mm-hmm. He was, yeah. But this looks like some sort of YA situation. Yeah. And, you know, we've seen
1: a YA movie that I thought was going to be a bigger hit was which one was that called? The Broken Hearts Gallery. Yeah. Was that the one? And it didn't really pan out. It seems like the YA crowd is not too keen on going to the movie theaters now in the same way that the unhinged crowd, you know, your your stacks dwellers, your earth dogs, I think they're. Up for going to a, a hardtop movie theater, but I don't think the tweens, the teens, you know, the the Instagrammers are really psyched to go in a movie theater right now. So,
0: Love and Monsters might be a tough sell. Well, it's opening, it's opening in the same amount of theaters as The Honest Thief. Okay. Their box office pro is saying anywhere from one to six million. They're calling two million. I feel like that's more along the lines of what it's going to do. I don't think yeah. this movie doesn't have... It's not an IP people know. He is not a star by any means. I think his... No. He had a he had that movie with Michael Keaton that came out a couple years ago. The... Um, what was it? American Assassin or something, which I went and saw, but I saw that for my man for Michael Keaton. Keaton. Yeah. And... Yeah, this guy, I, th- I think this movie is definitely, I mean, it could go, there's a possibility it could be the number three film in the country. But that would be with one million plus. I mean, two million seems, I don't know. I, I mean, I might go two being where I think it goes.
1: Yeah. It. I mean, the thing is, it. I've seen commercials for it. It's like a special effects, you know, sort of big looking movie. You know, it's it's a teen movie. It's obviously probably not going to be super expensive, but it 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 feels like a big screen movie. So there might be just some, "Hey, let's go see something that's got monsters in it." But yeah, I think it's it's probably going to open on the low end.
0: 2 million does feel about right. But that could be enough to beat Tenet. So here's the question.
1: What's our top five? I mean, we, let's do a top five. I, I love that there's two big new movies opening up. It does feel like we've got some real wiggle room on what could be next week's top five.
0: Okay. So you do you
1: want to go first? Sure. Okay. So number one, Honest Thief is going to be number one. I'm I'm optimistic. Maybe it makes six million. Okay. Um, so number two, to me, then the question is: Is it Love and Monsters or is it um, War with Grandpa? War with Grandpa made three point six. Do I think it drops fifty percent, which would be uh, taking it down to like one point eight, or do I think it'll drop less? I feel like War with Grandpa is going to get some buzz. So I'll say it's number two. Then number three is Love and Monsters. Number four is Tenet. And number five is Hocus Pocus. Stays at number five. Well,
0: hmm, here's an interesting. Or New Mutants. I'll
1: go number five Hocus Pocus. Yeah,
0: here's an interesting thing. Mm-hmm. There could be another legacy film that comes out, another catalog right. film that comes out that will shake up this top five. Right, right, right. Something Halloween centric.
1: Scream.
0: Yeah, Scream could be number two next
1: week for all we know.
0: Exactly. So, so I need to. Although Scream is interesting because who knows what the distribution for that would look like? Because who owns that movie now? Oh right cuz it was a it was a Weinstein
1: movie although probably Disney because Disney it was Miramax and Disney had bought Miramax and so th- there is a chance that that is a Disney property Yeah it could be Disney But yeah, I'll, I'll stick with Hocus Pocus as number five. So I, I guess my I'm predicting New Mutants and Unhinged finally fall out of the top five.
0: Yeah. Okay, so my number one, Honest Thief. Mm-hmm. My number two is The War with Grandpa. Number three, I'm going to go with Tenant. Okay. And then number four, I'm going to go with the original Halloween re-release. Which I have no knowledge if it's actually going to happen or not, but I'm going to call it. Okay. So that's going to be my number four, and then my number five will be Hocus Pocus.
1: Interesting. So you are saying Love and Monsters is going to be just a complete bomb. Like you're you're almost predicting it makes under a million?
0: Oh no, did I not put that in there? You did not have. Okay. That. You, okay. Your
1: your top 5 started with Honest Thief, then War with Grandpa, then you had Tenant number 3.
0: Okay, so replace Tenant with mm-hmm. Love and Monsters. Okay, so same top 3, then your number 4 is is Tenant and then my number 5 is Halloween. Okay. There we go.
1: Great. Yeah, I mean, next weekend's going to be big. I mean, listen, there's new movies out there. We got a Robert De Niro movie, number one at the box office this weekend. So, And we're going
0: to have a Liam Neeson movie, number one, next weekend.
1: Yeah. So there's there are still movie stars that you could see in a movie theater. I'm not saying you should. I, at this point, I never tell anyone that they should go somewhere indoors or anything like that. But if you're inclined... There are movie
0: stars making new movies that are coming out in theaters right now. Or there are movies that have stars in them that are on the shelf that are finally seeing the light of day. Yeah, listen. But it's, it's new to that. It's new see, to us. That seat. Yeah, exactly. All right, Pat. So uh, I think we did it. Where, where, can they, where can they find us?
1: Okay, so you could email us at theboboyspodcast at gmail.com. Let us know what you think of Disney's plans to pivot to streaming. Do you agree with me that this is all a ruse to drive down the stock prices of AMC and Regal so that Disney could buy them up? Do you agree with uh, legacy box office writer Scott Mendelson over at Forbes that Disney simply doesn't have the IP to continue putting out movies and movie theaters in the future? Let us know who you agree with. Email us at the uh, at B.O. Boys podcast at gmail.com. Also, just throwing this out there, Scott Mendelson, Listen, we love you. You're a box office writing legend. Come on the podcast. Let's not do this over Twitter. I, I don't like having Twitter arguments, Twitter fights. Uh, I don't check Twitter enough to know that you replied. I saw your reply a day later and I wasn't going to reply back, but. Come on the podcast. Sit down with us over Zoom. You don't have to come hang out in my kitchen or hang out at shed with Clayton. And let's talk box office. Let's talk Disney. Let's talk the future of movies right here. Scott Mendelson, you're invited to sit down with the BO boys.
0: Yeah, don't don't wait into the cesspool of Twitter. Come into the hot tub it's, that is BO boys.
1: Mhm. We got some room for you. And we're wearing masks, okay?
0: Yeah, I'm wearing a Freddie mask fine. right now.
1: Yep, it's safe.
0: So uh, Patreon, obviously no Patreon right now. Plenty of other things you can spend your money on. Maybe save some because we're not getting them stimulus checks anytime soon. So, but definitely if you're looking for a place to give a little money, not even give, I would say it's an investment an investment in creative endeavors. Go check out our boy Jake Vogelness' Patreon. Pat, I know you've been hanging around there.
1: Yeah, I've been over at Jake Vogelness' Patreon, and there's just a lot of cool stuff going on there. He is, uh, you know, he's he makes new stuff, but what I love about Jake Vogelness is he gives you this opportunity to go back in the past, relive uh, the classics such as Squirt TV. So he's got excerpts from Squirt TV. He's got for different tiers, you could see full episodes of Squirt TV. Also on different tiers, you could get original commentary from Jake Fogelness about Squirt TV. So, you know, it's just, it's really, really fun. I've been having the time of my life over at Jake Fogelness's Patreon. And I think all of our listeners, all of the wannabe-o boys, wannabe-o girls should come hang out with us. It's a good time.
0: Yeah. I mean, talk about a legacy platform. Yep. Squirt TV on MTV.
1: Yeah, it's 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 really – I mean, it's just really fun, Clayton.
0: Uh, all right. Well, Pat, until next time, we'll – will smell smell you you at at the the box box office. office. Nailed it.